Hey all, this is the Flip-Flop Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Thrapp, an entrepreneur who turned my love of travel into a career. Travel is not just a hobby, it's a way of life. Making it happen can be tough. I'm here to offer practical advice to make travel more achievable. This isn't just about my journey, it's about inspiring you to pursue adventure and explore the world on your terms. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Flip Flop Experience. I am here with Jeff. He's an amazing content creator with some really cool channels, and we're just going to chat about how he's turned his passion into a business. Welcome, yeah. Jeff. Uh, thank you for having me. Thanks so much for being here. So I was wondering, do you consider yourself nomadic or you have a home base? In 2023, I've actually only been to uh, the West Coast of the United States, Las Vegas and LA, but I spent nine months of 2022 traveling. I was in Asia, Europe, and the Middle East. One of your content channels you have on YouTube and Facebook is Island Hopper TV. Are you a huge beach person? Like, is that your preference of destination to go to? I think so. I mean, to be honest, as long as I can swim in the water and see what's down below and it's warm water, I like it. Caribbean's great. Southeast Asia's got some good water. The Mediterranean's nice too. How did your journey go from whatever you were doing before to being a professional content creator full time? So I was living in Hawaii and I noticed that people were just looking for information about Hawaii. You know, when you're living in a place, you take it for granted. But when you're there and you have information, other people outside of that place, they'll find those videos to be useful. And I found that to be the case with Hawaii. So I started making videos. After about a couple of months, I started to notice it was getting more views. And that was nice. kind of how it started. So were you, um, what job were you doing when you were living in Hawaii? Were you just there traveling or were you working? I was working. Uh, I'd always had a company doing marketing. I was also going to college while I was there. Honestly, Hawaii is a tough place to make money and get ahead. So you started making videos and then you moved to the States. And were you always like super into traveling and you always traveled for a lifestyle or did did it just kind of become that way because of the video making and the content creating? I started traveling and I was doing that for about two or three years. My first trip in 2014, I just left out of Hawaii around New Year's. I wasn't doing any content creating. I was actually traveling uh, not as a content creator, which I actually prefer more, to be honest with you. Because yeah, it's more fun. <laughs> I was able to actually like go at my own pace, whereas a content creator, you got to wake up and think about what you're going to talk about and where you're going to go and how you're going to put on a show. I, I did that once. I came home. I thought that was like the trip of a lifetime. I wasn't sure if I was ever going to do it again. And then about a year later, I decided to go to Costa Rica and then to Europe. So I did that again for a month and a half. Both of those, I funded the trip by using a credit card. Then I had this big debt cloud and I was like, well, I live my life. And then I started a cryptocurrency channel uh, with ads and I had some money and I decided, well, let's Let's go back to Asia. And I met my friend and we partnered on a business. And then I just realized I was like, maybe traveling is part of my lifestyle. So I started making videos. That's super cool. I love I love hearing the stories of how people choose travel as part of their lifestyle and just decide to incorporate it and make it a priority and the different choices that you make to get there and then be able to follow your passion. Finding a way to fund it is always the question that people have when they hear about people who travel a ton is like, well, how do you do that? You know, and I have a reputation in my family and friend group that I have quit like more than 100 jobs. So everybody laughs at me because I would save up enough money to go on a trip and I'd ask off and they'd say no. And I'd say, well, that's cool. I quit. I'll get a new job when I get back. <laughs> so. Exactly. Yeah. You're like, I'll worry about that when the time comes. And then when right. the time comes, you're like, 
oh man, how am I gonna how am I gonna pay this off? Yeah, so I would I would do it the backwards way. I think I would save up, save up, just live at home, save all the money I could, go on a trip, and then when I came back, I was like, okay, now I've got nothing. But I wasn't willing to not do it, so it was like somehow I'm gonna have to make it work. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes when I was on the road, I would think to myself because I was staying in hostels, and hostels mm-hmm. are co living spaces. And I remember I was in New Zealand, and it was a hundred dollar a night hostel. Oh wow, and that's pretty expensive for a hostel. Yeah, there was people in there with stinky feet snoring and they were coming in and out. <laughs> and there was like 10 people in bunks. And I was like, I remember laying in bed being like, I got to figure out a way to not always have to stay in hostels. That was like, I remember making it a priority in my mind that I got to figure out a way to make money and travel to where I'm not just scraping by to travel. There's such a broad spectrum of staying in hostels and making sandwiches in their shared kitchen or luxury dining and that kind of thing. And so um, I think everybody has to choose choose and weigh carefully which things are the priority for me food is always a big priority like making sure i can eat at good restaurants doesn't have to be fancy but like i just want to have like really quality local food food is very important part of travel i think they call it gastronomy i didn't even i've never even heard of that word in the united states but when i started traveling people were using the word gastronomical Mm -hmm. and gastronomy and i was like what is gastronomy and then it's the tie between culture and food and i was like okay so I became a little bit of a foodie with that. Yeah, definitely. I don't know that I would have considered myself a foodie when I first started traveling. I always obviously wanted to do things that I thought tasted good, but I don't know if I was super intentional about it. And then the more that I traveled, the more I realized how much you could learn about a destination from the food and from the traditions that go with the food and why they do things that way. And so now it's something that I really deliberately incorporate into my trips and seek out, you know, cooking classes and things like that, because I think you can learn so much about a culture. What is your favorite cuisine that you've tried? I definitely love Italy and Italian food and like northern Mm. Italy, Tuscany, but it's a really close second for Greek food. Okay, yeah, Greek food, yeah. It's like a really tough choice for me because I love both those places. So I guess I just need to live on the Mediterranean diet either way. (laughs) There you go. That's a good idea. Where's your favorite place to eat? I, I would say Singapore. They got food hawkers. Singapore for me is like an Asian fusion. Well, it is for everyone. Uh, they've got Indian, they've got Malay, they've got Indonesian, they've got Chinese, they've got Vietnamese, and it's all kind of fused in there in Singapore. So I would say Singapore for me. I haven't been to Singapore, but it's definitely high on my list for checking it out. I've heard so many people love it, especially big time travelers. It seems like everyone I know that travels a lot loves Singapore. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a little island in the, in the middle of it all. Yeah, they're just an international, very diverse Asian community from all over. And they all get along. There's no real discourse or arguing or anything like that. At least it appears they all get along. <laughs> That's cool. So when you're traveling and seeking out really cool beaches, do you have a place that you've been that has surprisingly good beaches? Like maybe somebody doesn't associate that destination with beaches, but you find that they have really awesome beaches? Well, when I talk, when I think about beaches, I like um, U.S. Virgin Islands. I think the Virgin Islands in the U.S. territory, I think I want to go to British Virgin Islands. I found those beaches to be very nice. Mm -hmm. The most incredible blue water that I've seen, which is like I call it the Gatorade colored water. Uh-huh. I've seen that in a few places. So whenever I see Gatorade water, I always say, take note of this place because this is where the best beaches are. I remember there was some really good water in Dominican Republic at this place called Isla Sawana. That okay. might be one of the most amazing beach areas. Uh, Costa Rica has this island called Isla Tortuga. I was surprised because it was on the Pacific coast and the Pacific coast of the Americas isn't really known for having nice water. Right. In the Med. There was an island in Spain, I remember, 
called Formentura. It's right next to Ibiza. Ibiza has okay beaches, but I remember Formentura had some really amazing water. And I'm, I consider myself a beach connoisseur, I guess you could say. So U.S. Virgin Islands, Isla Sawana, Turks and Caicos has some amazing colored water. That's awesome. I think my favorite water is probably in the Mediterranean. I really loved Sardinia. Have you been to Sardinia? No, I haven't, but I've seen videos. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that water is just like, it doesn't seem possible that it could be that blue while also being that clear. Doesn't oh, how could it be both? There. Yeah, you got to yep. go. You'll love it because the water yep. there was just, I have some pictures I took like standing chest deep in the water and you could just see down to my toes like, like it's glass. Definitely like when you're in um, the Mediterranean, when you first get in, it takes your breath away. And then after a minute, it feels really good. I so love it. that's one of my favorites. And then I think Zanzibar is... I just recently went to Zanzibar. I'd wanted to go forever. And I, it was somewhere I didn't know that I would ever get to go. It just seemed so far away and exotic. And mm. um, we went after our safari last year. And the beaches there were just crazy because you could walk forever and still be knee deep in crystal clear water. Like it just it was so oh. warm, even to the limit of like where it's still barely refreshing sometimes because we were there in the heat of summer. And you almost wanted mm -hmm. it to be a couple degrees colder, which I never say <laughs> about the water when I'm swimming. Yeah. But you would love Zanzibar because it's like a video making dream there. Just clear, clear water and white beaches. Did you do a uh, safari? I did. We did a safari in Tanzania. That was like number one on mine and my husband's bucket list forever. And I kept putting it off because I had kids and I kept thinking, I've got to wait till they're old enough. And then when my son was like finally about to be old enough, I had another baby. And I told my husband, that's it. I'm not going to wait anymore. Um, I'm always telling people, don't wait. Don't put off your trips for like living for a someday. And so I yeah. said, let's just do it. If we have to go on two safaris, then if that's the worst case scenario, then I'll take it. So let's just do it now. And if we need to go again when our kids are old enough to remember, we'll do it again. And so Definitely. we went and it was honestly exceeded our expectations by so much for, for the experience. And what I thought it would be was even... Uh, it was so much better than what I thought it would be. And my kids never asked for their iPads. They were just like, giraffe, zebra, elephant, yeah. like the whole time. They were super yeah. into it. So it was so much better than I thought that it would be. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that yeah. would be awesome. You could definitely make some amazing videos there. And it just, Tanzania isn't really known as much as it should be for their safaris because they have the Serengeti and they have the Inkorongo yeah. Crater and they have um, the Mount Kilimanjaro. There's so much you can do there. But they haven't really promoted their tourism as much as some of the other countries oh. nearby that have safaris, like South Africa is super known for it. Mm -hmm. But they have um, so many really great places to take a safari. And it's good to go before everybody starts going, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was really, really fun. So I think we'll do it again when our kids are older. And there's a bunch of different circuits. They're the one the one that's really well known is the Serengeti and the Ngorongoro Crater. But there's another circuit called the uh, Southern Circuit, I think. And you can do on one in one week, you can do like a boat safari, a night safari, like a walking safari, and then just a regular game drive. And all of it's really much closer together. Cool. Yeah, I definitely got Tanzania on my list. And uh, you're making me want to go now even more. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, you definitely should. And then you can pop over. To, it's like 45 minute plane ride to Zanzibar. So once okay, you're already all cool. the way over there, you just got to go check out the beaches. The only way to get there is by plane or can you take a ferry also? If you're in Dar es Salaam, you can take a ferry. It's only like, I oh. think it's about the same, about 45 minutes from there. So okay. it depends on where you are in your safari, whether you can take the plane or the ferry. Got it. But yeah, it's super, super fun. So you now I know you want to go to Tanzania. Where's somewhere else you really want to go that you haven't been? I've been thinking about going to the uh, Azores, to the Canary Islands. Also, some places like, uh, let's see, in the Caribbean, I've thought about going to Jamaica, Caribbean destinations, yeah. Belize. 
I love the Azores. We went there a couple of years ago. We were thinking mm. about going to Iceland, um, okay. and it's so expensive. So we decided the Azores is really similar landscape and way less expensive. So we did that as a family trip, and it was really, really fun. So you'll like awesome. it. The Good. the scenery from the top of the mountains with the lakes on the top are is and the hydrangeas and everything. It's really vibrant, and it's not like anywhere else I've seen in the world. It's really pretty. That's exactly what I was looking to, to hear when I was getting ready to go there. It's just hard to get there. It's, yeah. It's like going to Bora Bora. I mean, that's another place. It's like going to Bora Bora or the Maldives. You've got to fly a long ways away and then you got to connect through another like right. Sri Lanka. And I'm like, oh man, do I really want to do all that flying just to go there for seven days or something? I've decided my philosophy is to go to the really hard to go, hard to get to places while I'm young because mm-hmm. I'm not going to want to do it when I'm 70. So. I'm going to take the, the three plane ride trips. I'm going to try to do them now because I think I'm way more likely to tolerate it now than I will when I'm retirement age. Definitely. That's the best way to do it. <laughs> yeah. I think the longer I wait, the less likely I'm going to be to want to do it because some of those travel days are a beating for sure. For sure. Those travel days really are, especially when the <laughs> airports are crowded. Oh, yeah. And the way the seats are, economy is just so crammed. It is. It's terrible. I wish that they would... Um, go back to making the seats more comfortable and just charge a little more. I think it'd be worth it instead of always trying to get the prices yeah. down and the seats so uncomfortable. There you go. I'm, like I'm, I'm okay with economy carriers, but let's get some uh, carriers out there that have a little bit more comfort. I, I think Delta, in terms of American airliners at least, Delta does a good job, and Singapore Airlines and Emirates are also nice airlines. I, I definitely have picked up on which airlines. Yeah, you make have note. More comfort. Yeah, like Spirit Airlines. Okay. Yeah. And you know, what's funny about Spirit is they'll tell you they got $17 tickets or $42 mm-hmm. ticket. But then when you get there, they're like, okay, $60 for this bag and $60 for that bag plus an extra fee for that. And you're like, by that time, you're already paying $150 to go from Phoenix to Las Vegas on Spirit, even though you thought you were getting a $40 uh, right. ticket. So that they, they, they charge more for the bags than they do for the actual seat. You no, know, it's so crazy. I just did the exact same thing last night. I was booking a one-way from Edinburgh to Dublin. And I was mm-hmm. on the phone with my mother-in-law. She's coming with me to help with the kids next month when we we're there. Mm-hmm. And she was like, why would you? I was looking at Aer Lingus. And it was like 91 euro a person or something. And she was like, why are you looking at this one whenever Ryan has it for 19 euro? And I was like, there's no way it's going to end up 19 euro. They charge you for yeah. everything. And so she yeah. got on her laptop. We we're on speakerphone. I got on my laptop and I did all the stuff on Aer Lingus, you know, the bag and the seat selection, all of that. And then she did it on Ryan and it ended up that Ryan was going to cost more by the yeah. time that we bought our tickets than Aer Lingus. But people see that cheap ticket price and they think like, oh, I'm getting a deal. And so they book it and, and they don't ever compare. But I, it was like Aer Lingus is going to be way more comfortable and way better service. And I'm going to pay less money. But but initially it looks like you're getting a bargain. Most of the people I know who try it only try it once. And then they say, yeah, that once I'm not doing it again. And they cram you through lines like, yeah, yeah. You're like treated like cattle. That's what I don't like is just processing long lines. So I like efficiency. And so, yeah, not a big fan. (laughs) You probably really enjoyed traveling in Germany and Austria and Switzerland then because everything is so efficient. Yeah, plane or trains. I just yes. take trains. And the trains are always on time and it's always clean. I always enjoy when I'm moving around there to notice the difference from there and a lot of the other countries you travel in, how efficient and easy everything is. Definitely. That's what I love about Europe is you don't have to take any planes to get around from destination to destination. You can do the whole train thing and I love that. 
I love the train thing, too. I enjoy being able to walk around and to be able to look out the windows. Yeah. Have you done any of those big train journeys where you do like, is that how you did Canada or did you drive? I had to fly across Canada from because, well, for, especially the west part, you know, from like Vancouver to Calgary, it's quite a long huck. And then from Calgary to not Winnipeg, not Edmonton, Saskatchewan <laughs> or Saskatoon <laughs> yeah. or something like that. It was, it was, I was only there for like 24 hours. I just wanted to see it. And I was like, okay, I saw it. And then I went to Toronto, but flying across Canada on Air West or West mm-hmm. Canada, it's expensive. I mean, we're talking yeah. $400, $500 just to go one way from Saskatoon to Toronto or Calgary to Saskatoon. But, you know, I wanted to see Canada. Canada is a huge country. It's huge. Right. There. It, they have the train in the summer, but it's always booked. You can't, it's not, I'm a last minute traveler. So when I book tickets, I, uh, I don't plan ahead of time. That's how I travel for extended periods of time. I'm, I basically maybe book the day before, but I never book ahead of time. And the reason I do that is because I've been in situations where let's just say I wanted to go to Tokyo and I'll book my hotel ahead of time and I'll get to Tokyo and I'll be like, I'm totally in the wrong area of town. And I'm, stuck in a seven day rental here. And I was like, what if I just got another hotel? And I would notice that the prices were no different. And Mm. I could actually know where I wanted to be that was in the city area. So I consider myself a flexible traveler. And it's interesting, because at first I was like, am I the only one who's doing this? Am I the only one who's flying by the seat of my pants, basically one destination at a time? And I was traveling with my cameraman. And I, I was like, should we be planning this out? And it was determined that flexibility is the way that uh, was best to travel. Because you never know. You know, you might get sick. You might have a missed flight. You might have COVID restriction. You never know what it could be. Immigration processing. So I found that I'm like, I get to the city. I'll talk to a taxi driver. I'll say, take me to the city center. That's what Mm -hmm. I always say. Take me to the city center. And then I just use hotels.com or Marriott app or whatever Airbnb. And I just say hotels nearby. And I look at the reviews and I look at the price and then I find one and I go. Have you tried the Hotels Tonight app? No, I have not. Okay, that is our favorite app for when we're doing that kind of flexible roll with it traveling. Um, you okay. can only book it the same day or the day before. That's as far out as you can book it. And they usually have oh, really good. Cool. Yeah, it's really cool. So for you, I think you would love it. We've always gotten really good prices and good choices. And so we use that, like, especially on a road trip or something, we don't like to decide where we're going to make it to, especially when you're traveling with kids, that same kind of flexibility mm-hmm. applies because it's like, maybe today they're fine with five hours and tomorrow at two hours, everybody's over it, you know? So it's good to just be able to roll with it. And we use that app all the time when we're doing that kind of travel. Good. Yeah, that's good to know. Yeah, I, I like uh, Hotels.com because they got rewards program. I'm, I'm a right. travel rewards geek nowadays. Oh, yeah. I can't believe I was ever traveling without an American Express or a travel rewards. And so... So you do the I, credit card hacking game? Yeah. And I was surprised. I don't know. I, I guess I was scared of interest or something, but it's pay as you go. So I just pay it as I go. It's charges that I would already make, but I'm getting rewards for it. And yeah, so I do all that. Yeah, we do too. I always tell people, you might as well get free travel for the money you were going to spend anyways. You have to pay all those bills anyways. You might as well get something for it. We mostly use it for flights because flights is our my biggest travel expense for work. And then, well, yeah. And then when you get to some of the destinations, they don't actually accept American Express. Yes. So you're like, okay, I can't really use my Amex card except for when I'm booking hotels. So I had to go out and get a visa. I had to Mm -hmm. get a visa business card, which I used through United, but that works. 
Yeah, I love the Chase Sapphire. Their brand of travel yeah. rewards are really good. So that's what that's what we use most of the time. I also find with the rolling with it in the last minute travel, another reason that it really helps do that is that sometimes you think that you have enough time planned somewhere. And then when you get there, you actually find out there's a lot more that you want to see or do than you might have anticipated when you plan the trip. That's yeah. happened to us quite a few times where we are traveling and we think like, oh, two days will be enough here. So it's good to be flexible. So one, the first example that comes to mind is it was on my bucket list to stay in a castle hotel hotel in Ireland. And, um, you know, it's obviously an expensive thing to do. And so we booked one night and we got there. And within 20 minutes, we'd canceled our hotel for the next night and booked another one because it was such an amazing experience. And there was so much fun stuff to do actually on the property. And we didn't have enough time to do the horseback riding and the archery and all the different fun castle activities. So we stayed for an extra night. And then another time that we did it was actually in Costa Rica, we stayed at um, the Springs Resort, which has a ton of stuff on the property to do. Plus, there's so much to do in that r and area. And so we, we'd planned what we thought was enough time, but we really wanted one more day to enjoy like the hot springs and some of the nature there. And so we ended up extending and canceling our hotel for the next night and staying one more day there, too. r is an amazing place. La Fortuna. So beautiful. And yeah, again... That was a place where, as a beach person, I was thinking I was going to really want to get to Manuel Antonio and see it more. But then when yeah. I was there, I was surprised by how much I fell in love with that landscape and really enjoyed it. Yeah. It's good to be able to not feel trapped by your travel plans. There you go. That's what it is. <laughs> that flexibility. But no, when you first start traveling, I think it's good to have travel plans. But once you get comfortable with it, you'll you'll right. realize that flexibility is just so much more useful. And the stress. There's a stress involved with Oh, well, I have to be there by this date, but I got, I don't want to miss out on that $200 room that I've already booked. That's why flexibility, it's really more of a stress free travel experience. Yeah, for me too. And I think, I think as Americans, we feel like pressured to see all the things and do all the things, especially for me as a Texan, we're used to everything being so hard to get to and so far apart. So then when you're presented with something like Europe and everything's like an hour away, you think like, how many things can I cram in? You just get so, t- so tempted to like rush around and check off a bunch of things off your bucket list. But I've learned that I really appreciate the opportunity to just slow down and be where I am. Yeah, soak it in, enjoy it. And then uh, once you feel like you've got your full time to move on to the next place, right? Exactly. So you have designed your life around travel and you're now supporting your travel life with the travel business. Is that your long-term plan? Do you think you'll do this forever now that you've figured out a way to do it? You know, with things like this, you never know how long it'll last. I mean, it's strike while the iron's hot. Uh, Where it'll go, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I believe that as long as you're passionate about it, keep going while you still can, right? It's it's actually yeah. become a bit of an addiction or an obsession, I would say. That's why it's been hard for me to be home, but I had some things that I had to take care of while being home and kind of recharging a little bit. Mm-hmm. Although I didn't necessarily feel like I needed it until I got home and then I realized there were so many things going on around me that I needed to take care of administratively, physically, right. health-wise. And so I've been taking care of that. But once I've started to settle into being home, uh, I start to think about other things that could be possible by having a home life. But like you say, I've been doing this since 2014. I was also in the Navy and the Navy is a very much uh, go, 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 get paid to travel kind of yeah, job. Yeah, around I mean, a lot. So that was why I think I went into that. So I guess it's been longer than, it's probably been about 20 years of travel. I don't know what I what's 
the future has for me. But I do have aspirations to, you know, pick a nice place and build a ranch or a farm at some point in time. So you have pretty much then since you were young, you've always gravitated towards a lifestyle that allowed you to travel. Yeah, it started with my family. My dad, he used to take us and he would be like, oh, look at that. Look at that, Jay. You know, even my grandpa would be like, so grandpa was more into like uh, history and he talked about traveling the world and food, like you said, food. Uh He would take us to Chinese dim sum or Indian cuisine. And some of our, some of our cousins wouldn't like it. And I was always (laughs) one of the ones that did like it. And grandpa always was like, why don't you be like those guys and eat the variety of foods? You know, he'd say that to my cousins. So I remember feeling good about myself because my grandpa was happy that I was willing to try new foods. So between my dad and my grandpa kind of influencing me to appreciate things outside of my hometown that planted a seed. Do you think that your family or your social circle ever thinks that you should settle down and not travel so much? Well, you know, I'm 40 years old. I don't have any kids and I'm not married. So uh, there was a conversation for quite a long time because I'm the (laughs) only one in the whole family who doesn't have kids. They would always say, when are you going to settle down and get married? And I was, it it was kind of a priority of mine in my twenties and thirties. But then I kind of realized maybe that's not my destiny. And, uh, you know, I don't know why it never happened. Uh, You know, someone would say, well, you're in control of your own destiny. And I I, I agree with that. But when I do get close to getting tied down, I kind of get anxiety about it because I'm like, (laughs) oh man, now I can't do what I really enjoy doing. So I don't know if this is my destiny and I'm living it which it could be, which is to basically be a nomad who travels around the world. I would say if you are single and you want to travel, maybe you should do it. And uh, maybe you'll realize you'll feel better about your life. Yeah, um, so, I agree. Yeah. I think that you you shouldn't you know wait for some day to do the things you want to do. So if you want to travel and you're young and single, you should travel. But I'm also here to tell you that you can get married and have kids and still travel because Everyone told us that this was it for us when we got married. And then even more when we had kids, everyone was like, oh, well, now it's really over. You know, that's it. But I can tell you, we've been to way more countries since we had our kids than we ever went to before we had our kids. So that's encouraging. I promise you can do it. The thing I say all the time is it's all about choices and it's all about priorities. And so we obviously make really different choices and priorities than some of our, you know, friends and our peer group that have kids and are married. They're making different choices than we are, but we're making really conscious and intentional choices to make sure that that's part of our family traditions and also really part of our family values because we hope that it can help our kids' education and our kids to be well-rounded people to have all those experiences and try the foods and learn about other people and get out there and see the world. So you yeah. don't. it doesn't have to be either or. How old are your kids? I have <laughs> a three-year-old and a 10-year-old. So I think my 10-year-old, he's been to like 21 countries. He's definitely not slowed us down because before we had him, none of us had been to 20 countries. So when we made the decision to have children, we decided that he was along for the ride and that this is what our yeah. family does. And he was joining our family. We have an existing family and he's joining it. So he's just going to have to get on board and you know live the values that we had set for our family together. Yeah, I like that. That's, that's encouraging to hear that you have a family kids and you travel and it hasn't slowed you down. It's actually ramped you up. So there you go. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, definitely. It really has because one of the things that people think about having kids is that we will have to travel so differently. And that sounds Mm -hmm. like it's a bad thing when people talk about it. We've actually found it's been a great thing. We've really Mm -hmm. enjoyed traveling with our kids and seeing things through their eyes. And um, yeah, anytime you have travel to share with people, like, you know, there's this thing about solo travel, but any Anytime you share travel with someone else, it's that much more enriching. Travel solo is good, but 
when you share it with other people, it's even better. Yeah, I do remember in my 20s when I was traveling alone a lot more, there'd be a moment where you'd see something amazing and you would just catch yourself like getting ready to share it with someone that wasn't there. I would just look over my shoulder and be like, did you see that? Oh, no, it's just me. (laughs) I'm the one that's all. Hey, check that out. You're even talking to other tourists. You're like, hey, did you see that? Right, exactly. So having kids and hearing what they saw is always so funny because sometimes their favorite thing is something that you wouldn't have noticed if they weren't there. We do also take trips just as adults or on our own. But when we travel with our kids, we catch ourselves a lot of times saying, oh, man, I wish they were here. They would have loved that. I wish they could have been here. So we're not, you know, regretting having our kids along for the journey. Most of the time, we're wishing that they were actually there when they're not. So yeah, I think it's good to, to try it in all different ways. And I don't think that any of the different life choices mean that you have to stop traveling, being married or single or having kids or not. So I love hearing mm-hmm. hearing the different ways that you've been able to incorporate it into your work and your life. It's really cool. Yeah, both are good. I, I think just tr- get out there and travel, right? If you can. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for being here. I've enjoyed chatting with you. And if you guys want to follow Jeff, we'll link his um, adventure pages, his channels in the show notes. So yeah, I would say just follow the YouTube and you'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Grab it on YouTube, watch his videos and Happy adventuring. All right. Thank you so much.